Balance Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. is a soul fire production. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, and today I'm going to be bringing on a very special friend of mine. Her name is Jessica Wendell. She is an incredible, incredible marketing and PR strategist that has now turned full-time entrepreneur with her new consulting company called Maven Consulting. She specializes in really helping brands develop their presence through a PR lens and helps these brands really come up with amazing strategies to implement into their own infrastructure and their own marketing game plan. Jess has also just been a light beam in my life. She is a near and dear friend and someone that has truly inspired me in business and in marketing and someone I look to on a weekly basis for inspiration and encouragement. She's honestly, hands down, one of the best people I've ever met. And I'm so excited to just talk some shop with her on this episode and also have you guys meet her. Definitely someone that I look up to and someone whose business mind just constantly, constantly surprises me in the best way possible. So I'm so grateful to have her on. And uh, without further ado, let's jump on into it and meet Jess. Hey, well, welcome back to the show, the Under the Influence podcast. I have on today, Miss Jessica Wendell. Jess, you and I go back in terms of just marketing and PR and learning firsthand. We met each other out in San Diego. And um, I'm just so excited to have you on today. I want to hear basically your story and talk about your network and how you've really just had this incredible journey throughout your career and actually turned it into your own personal business. So let's get started. Give us the background on kind of who you are and where, you know, how you got started in marketing and PR. Thanks, Wit. It's great to be here. I am so excited this podcast is back and that you are just taking the world by storm. I don't know how you do it all, but here we are today doing yet another one of the things that you're just (laughs) telling it at. So thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, I've always kind of had this path laid out for me, but I am not from San Diego like you from LA, um, but came to San Diego in 2005. Uh, and have been here ever since. So I kind of consider myself a San Diegan because my entire adult life has been here. Um, but I went to school for PR and I just heard that, you know, if you really like people and you like being boisterous, that you should probably be in PR. And I think that's exactly what landed me in that major. Um, did I know what that would entail? Hell no. Uh, definitely more just business acumen and definitely, you know, the marketing side of it, I think is undercut a bit, but there's so much of that that's really in the PR realm and just the the aspects of writing. And I've always been a writer, both creatively and more, you know, business functional. 
And so that's really what led me to it in the first place. But then from there, I went the agency route post-college, did an internship, was the first hire at BAM, the agency, which is a San Diego lifestyle tech agency, um, and then went in-house for Perfect Snacks, Perfect Bar, and if you're an OG, uh, (laughs) Perfect Bar, and kind of got to see the flip side of it. So it was really interesting to be on the agency side working with brands and then the brand side working with agencies. And I think having that dichotomy really gives uh, an interesting lens to a PR person because you see the benefits and the hindrances of being on both sides. And I think that's really what led me to starting Maven Consulting is is seeing what was missing or what was maybe not as prevalent in those relationships and how I could potentially bridge the gap between those two worlds of brand and agency or brand and freelancer, executor, whoever's really coming in to be that strategic force for PR. Absolutely. So can you back up a little bit? Let's let's dive into what Maven Consulting is because I think you know, for those that are either in their career or wanting to launch a brand one day, working with agencies is kind of, number one, it has a stigma around it. And number two, people kind of assume that they need to hire these big, bad agencies to come in and really help them scale. So I want to hear kind of the mission and vision of Maven, because when you first came up with this idea, it was so disruptive and so groundbreaking, especially for brands. And the way that you've just really scaled Maven over the last year has been incredible because it does something so different that not traditional agencies do. And so I want, I want to kind of hear a little bit more about that. Very kind of you. Thanks for saying that. (laughs) I don't know how groundbreaking it is. I've only just hit year one. So talk to me at year five and we'll see if it's actually like, you know, it's done that. It's amazing. Um, But I will, will say that you hit the nail on the head around thinking that as a brand, as a founder, that you have to hire an agency or you have to hire a specialist or even, I mean, I consider myself a consultant and most people hate consultants. I'm fully aware (laughs) of that. And it's because, you know, there's these stigmas that are attached to them. And what my primary goal is with Maven is to empower brands, leaders, founders to understand why they're going the PR route, what it is that they actually need, how much, how little, to what extent, and ultimately what will it do for their business's bottom line and help them move towards the goals of the brand, not just we got a press hit. Of course, that's good. Who doesn't want that? It's an ego boost. It's a pat on the back. Um, Really understanding the why behind what you're doing and then what your options are for doing it is my primary goal. And so when Maven first started, I have to give all my kudos to you (laughs) because I was, we met at an event and we met for coffee and you called me shortly after and you said, Jess, I think, you know, you could maybe help us really define some things that we're trying to figure out as I think Ekis was turning three and I guess was, like, yeah, I guess was turning three. And honestly, my original, 
my original goal was I was like, I wonder if I could hire her. And then I was like, oh my God, there's no way in hell I could hire her. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Entirely true. So I was the next <laughs> at that point. So my second best, yeah, my second best option was like, well, at least I could, I could see if I could bribe her to be a consultant for Ackes Marketing for a hot second. <laughs> well, you said to me, you said you've been on the agency side and now you're on the brand side and we want to work with brands like Perfect Bar. I think you could probably, you know, share a thing or two, or just give us some insight about your experience and, and what you think both on the agency side, you built, you know, help build BAM did not build it, but help build it. And, um, I was there for seven years at perfect snacks for six years. And you were like, I think you just could provide some insight. And so I was like, you know, don't quote me on this, but like, I'll give it a try. Mm -hmm. And so you really gave me that vote of confidence to be like, you know what? I think I do maybe know a thing or two. Maybe I can't figure this out, even though it's not something I've done before. And that's essentially what sparked my instinct to be like, maybe there are other brands that are also in this boat. And at the same time, Naturally San Diego was forming. I was meeting these other founders, these other marketing leads and kind of having these similar conversations with them about their experience and what it is that was missing or what they were looking for. And just based on the size of business, um, I think a lot of early stage companies that, you know, their budgets and their resources are just so limited. Mm-hmm. They have to be very careful with how they spend. And so if I could come in for a very short period of time and equip them with just the knowing and the understanding, and it's similar to what we did with Ekis, right? Like yeah. it was quick, intensive, like exercise, if you will, and or work session. And then the output of that is you guys take it and do what you think is best. I'm not sticking around for the long haul, but I absolutely am here as a sounding board and like a guiding light when things come up along the way. And that's exactly what we do for brands now is it's much more structured now. And we've worked with about 15 brands at this point in the past year, but it's giving them the tools to make informed and educated decisions so that they don't go down a route that they didn't mean to take or that they they end up, you know, high and dry from. It's not because the agency or the freelancer wasn't good at their job. It's because they weren't equipped with the tools or aligned with the goals and strategies of the rest of the brand in order to do their job well. And so that's what I just was hearing constantly. And it's really what sparked what now is Maven Consulting and is evolving by the day, the mission, vision, evolving by the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have a call with my business coach and she said, remember the goal is to not change your model again. I was like, yes, that's right. That's the goal. (laughs) Constantly evolving. But I do think that, um, you know, sometimes it is just someone giving you a chance and somebody seeing in you what you don't see. I just got the chills, like seeing in you what Mm -hmm. you don't see in yourself, which I really think that you did for me. Oh, well, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I think that's too, why it's so disruptive is that, you know, from an agency standpoint and now going on to be being a brand owner for get super, I'm actually really seeing this exactly. whole transition of, you know, how I treat my brand versus now how I even treat my clients. And it's giving me so much more insight, even into my clients perspective, for sure. Perspective. But what I, what I love 
that you touch on that I think is such a need and why I think it is again so groundbreaking is there is a turnover in the agency life. You know, whether you're letting go of a client forever or you're just pausing with them and then you bring them back on or whatnot, you're kind of securing this really awesome evergreen almost package where it's like, I come in, I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach your team. You're going to train your team. They're going to have an internal voice and messaging. They're going to know the brand the best versus an agency that takes, you know, a month or two to onboard to really understand your brand. And then, you know, come back to me when you've accomplished this and what you're doing. And let's treat this as an evergreen, you know, kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I just, I think the amount of trust that comes with we're in it for the long haul with you. We're not going anywhere. We are truly an extension of your team until we don't need to be anymore. And Mm -hmm. perfect bar is a great example. Sorry. I I always say perfect bar because that's just perfect brain. But, (laughs) um, you know, it's knowing the brand as well as I do it is more beneficial to keep me on at five hours a month than to, and to manage whoever it is that's executing than to have the internal team be bogged down, trying to speak the same language as this ex, as this external partner or internal partner. Um, and so having that like understanding of the brand being in it for the right reasons, we're also able to navigate a lot more than just what's right in front of us. So we, you know, meet with our clients on a regular basis. And it's not just what's the campaign at hand right now, which oftentimes when you're working with a execution partner, um, that's what they're focused on. We're looking constantly high level. We're getting opportunities brought to us all the time. And it's not like, oh, we can't look at that. It's out of scope. It's let's explore that and see what it's going to take to fulfill that. And that just opens so much more room for what should actually be focused on versus what was maybe scoped out or committed to. Mm-hmm. And so while consultants may have, you know, a bad name, I do think that there's a lot of value in the flexibility and just the under like the high level understanding and ex- expertise that goes into such a short period of time. Like five hours a month can go a long way if you use it well. Sure. Absolutely. So okay, I want to kind of take a step back here because I do want to hear the influence from BAM, from Perfect Bar to now leading into Maven Consulting. And I want you to get a little bit personal here on talking to our audience, which a lot of them, you know, have side hustles, but they have a full-time gig or they're thinking about, you know, launching their own business one day. I want, I want to hear what influences all these different career opportunities led to you basically cultivating Maven. Definitely. So I think that by nature, PR is about relationships and influence and reputation and perception. And when I say that I like heard I should go into PR in college and did, I don't think I really realized how much my personality and my personal interests would play into me being good at the job because there is, there's the aspect of writing and strategy and so much of what I feel like I do now um, more than ever before, because, you know, I'm so in the weeds still as this business is getting off the ground, but so much of my personal interests of meeting people and connecting with people, I never knew was going to pay off like it did. And that is the bread and butter of PR is 
make relationships, have, you know, strategic conversations and communication with people, but not when you need them. Mm. Have them because you know that they are in your ecosystem intentionally. Mm. Um, It's, you know, keeping the right people in your corner and having and rubbing elbows with the right people, but not for the sake of getting something from them and having it be a one-sided, you know, relationship. It needs to be mutually beneficial. So the most genuine relationships that you can have are people that are in your industry or people that you meet through another friend, Mm -hmm. but someone can sense really, really quickly if you're trying to get something from them. And I think, I mean, I, I can't even count the number of relationships that I have, that have started as just a sheer, Hey, it's so nice to meet you. I really like you. We should like grab coffee or it's so good to see you every year at this trade show. Like we just like hit it off and have then now become some of the most, um, influential relationships that have really steered Maven forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, I just, I never could have guessed. I never could have guessed that I would have needed to rely on them or even that they would be a source of business or, you know, connection later in life. And so the best thing I can say is when I was at an agency, there was always a need to like be networking and seeing what clients can we get at perfect bar. There wasn't the need because we were this echo chamber of our brand. And like all I, only people I really needed to know were the people on my team and like media influencers, other stakeholders for the brand. But I didn't mm-hmm. need to rub elbows with like our private equity firm necessarily. Like there wasn't anything sure. more they could do for me then. I didn't need to rub elbows with the naturally San Diego people. Like yeah. that was more my own personal interest. I didn't need to go to trade shows and go around to every single booth and make friends with everyone. But because I did those things when I didn't need to, sure. it's paying off now because it's just natural. It's the way that the relationships are now coming to fruition in a way that I didn't expect them to back then. You know what? I think that you're giving, I think that's probably the best value out of this entire episode that you just gave is, is literally that there is something too. And I remember, like, I've always told you, I struggle with sales. I'm so not salesy. I'm super transparent. I'm so honest, um, almost to the point of even like being at a fault. But I remember, I do remember watching you just network and naturally just have conversations with people. And I know that really is just such a talent that you have. And I think that more people need to understand that because I think, especially for someone like me, I'm like the same way. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go talk to so-and-so like, like, you know, it's not a natural relationship I need to cultivate at this moment or in my time in my career. But like you said, just creating those relationships, look how much they can actually provide for you in the long run. And I, I think the other pro- the other kind of prong to that is also too knowing people, having people come in and be like, hey, you know what? I just talked to this girl at this trade show or she's part of Naturally San Diego. I know she does social media. I know she does PR. Maybe, you know, she'd be a good fit for you or for X, Y, and Z. Or just so, to know her. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really is, and we're going to get into influence in a second but it really is kind of like the ripple effect, right? Like you meet one person and you, you start to really kind of expand your own network just by, like you said, having organic, honest relationships. I, I think that especially having, well, first of all, with being in 
a pandemic for the last year and a half and having energy depletion. I mean, we talk about this all Mm -hmm. the time. It's like, we only have so much energy to give. And when I was like 25, yeah, the only thing I wanted to do was go to networking events every single night. Like that was sounded <laughs> like a fun thing to do. Now it's not. And so you do need to be strategic about where you're spending your time, where you're spending your energy. Those things are so sacred. Mm-hmm. However, I think that if you sat down and really thought about where, like naturally San Diego to me, and the reason that I have invested so much in it is because I see it as one of those places that is a catch all for what all of us need and what didn't previously exist sure. in the industry of CPG, food and bev, natural products. And there were so many networking events that I would go to in the past that I'm like, mm, everyone here, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, even if I really did like enjoy a conversation with you, it's just, we don't have enough in common. We don't have sure. enough of the same to talk about. It's not that you're not a great person and sure we can go get coffee. I just don't know that there's enough runway for us to really have a, a relationship. And, you know, I don't need any more like best friends to go to the yeah. farmer's market with on Saturday morning. It's more <laughs> like, I, you know, I want to have functional relationships if I'm going to invest more energy in them. So what I can say is if you maybe seek out where are those places where those hubs of people that I can connect with on different levels, not just Mm -hmm. what I love about the natural products industry is that I feel like everyone's really wonderful on a personal level and a professional level. And I'm sure that there are many other industries like that. I just haven't been part of many others. And I just think it's, it's such a, you get, it's a win-win, right? Like you get both best of both worlds. And if, everyone just sat and and thought, where are the places that I could show up where I would actually have a lot to say? And I could kind of speak the same language as whoever Mm -hmm. else is there. And that's why like mom groups do so well, right? Like when you become a new mom, you gravitate towards these mom groups because they speak the same language. You probably can relate a lot to what they're going through and the life experience that they're in. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a need there. There's a desire to connect and to get to know each other. And I think that's probably the most blatant example of kind of going from zero to a hundred, like you're one day, you're not a mom, the next day you are, and now you can join these mom groups and you need them so badly. And that's where a lot of great friendships come from. It's where family vacations come from. And so similarly in your own like personal ecosystem, it's like, where are those places that I could enjoy personally and Mm -hmm. also have a lot to talk about. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. The most interesting person at an event or a social gathering is the most interested. Mm -hmm. And if you can ask the right questions to someone and you kind of know what would get them talking, that's really how you're going to make these relationships. And you can only do that in areas that you're familiar with or that you feel that you you know a lot about, like your industry or like a spe- special interest, like cycling or marathon training, whatever it is. That's where the conversation is going to flow naturally and you don't have to try so hard. Yeah, totally. So I, I love that you're kind of touching on this because it, it's really, I, I think what you're getting at too is like being intentional about what what areas you're networking in, right? So let's, let's navigate to kind of influence because on this show, we do talk about like the power of influence, the impact of it. And I want to hear from your perspective, 
you know, what does influence mean to you? What, what does it mean in your own words? I think in my world, it's everything. (laughs) I think that it relies so heavily on trust and credibility and earning that. So having that emotional connection is what essentially creates influence, right? Mm -hmm. It's why am I listening to you? What do you have to say that I care about? And why should I trust you? Why, Why should I be loyal to the resources and information that you're giving me? And so that is something that I think influence to me is you can't be influenced by everyone. I would say that I'm, I don't know if I'm easily influenced. I think in some areas of my life I am, but again, it's where do you place your trust? Where do you place credibility? What is it going to take for you to be influenced by someone? Um, I think we can all say we have the people who in our lives who could recommend something to us and without a doubt, we're buying it or we're doing it or we're trying it. And then there's the people in our lives who maybe we're like, oh my gosh, you have a new thing every week. I'm not going to try that. Like I don't take that with as much weight. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason behind that. Yeah. You, it's almost like, you know, being picky about who you date, Mm -hmm. you know, the person who goes on dates and, you know, has a new boyfriend every week. You're like, I can't really take this person seriously. You're the kind of the boy who cried wolf, girl who cried wolf, whatever. (laughs) But the person who's like, you know, I am very particular about who I go out with. And I think I found someone and it's amazing. You're like, oh my gosh, I believe you. I, I can't wait to meet them. How exciting. And you get that reaction. You get that endorsement. And so to me, that's like, what reputation have you made for yourself or you know, vice versa, who you're being influenced by, what what reputation have they made for themselves that makes you trust them, that makes them credible in whatever it is that they're influencing you on. And so I think in different, whether it's you influencing, whether it's who you're being influenced by, um, it kind of goes back to your values and it goes back to like what matters to you and what's gonna, what's gonna make for that credibility and trust that you need to be influenced or influence others. Absolutely. So if you were, you know, if you were to say or give one tip to maybe an entrepreneur that's thinking about, you know, making their side hustle full time, but they don't necessarily feel like they have, you know, this huge audience or this huge level of influence, what, what's kind of a piece of advice you would give to them? When you say side hustle, do you mean, is it, it could be anything because it's like, if I don't have a network or I don't have people that I can sell to pitch to share with what's, yes. what's the advice? Yeah. So side hustle can be anything from like an Etsy shop to a freelancer, to someone wanting to start a brick and mortar coffee shop, like anything. So when I think about like ground level marketing, I think we don't have a lot of money to work with, right? We don't mm-hmm. have a lot of resources. We could give the textbook answer, which is like, find your target consumer and understand how to reach them and, you know, get their email and get their phone number, do text message marketing, all those things. I take a bit more of a bird's eye view. And I think about stakeholders and I hate that word. I really like should probably have. Wait, yeah. Explain, explain for those that don't know, explain what stakeholders means to you. 
Um, so stakeholder is any individual or group that has, I would say, a significant stake in your company, meaning their perception and their um yeah, their perception of you or their action that they take with your company, engagement that they take with your company, um, has, has a significant impact on the success of your company. So if I'm thinking about get super, um, that would be of course your customers, but only your customers, if they have influence, if they have voice, which that's where it's shifting a bit in this digital world, because Mm -hmm. all, all customers have a voice and we know things can go viral real quick. But I'd say 10 years ago, your customers weren't really considered a stakeholder group because they, one customer, you know, holistically they are, but one customer doesn't necessarily make or break your company. What does make or break your company is a women's health writer who just bashes the heck out of your, out of your product or, you know, says that it's the only thing she uses in the morning with, you know, her morning routine that can make or break your, your company as can a Whole Foods buyer, perfect snacks. Whole Foods buyer gives them one location in Northern California to demo for 30 days. We sold to the biggest snacking company in the world. That was one Whole Foods buyer, stakeholder. Investors in your company, stakeholder. Dietitians who are gonna be an ambassador and endorser for your food product, stakeholder. Mm -hmm. These people who do have influence over your consumers. They are speaking to the people or yeah, the really the people, that's really what we're here for. Um <laughs> that 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 will ultimately drive your business forward or drive it the other direction back into sure. the ground. And so I think that a stakeholder really is what what individual or group has a significant stake in your company where they're they're talking directly to your customers and if their positive or negative perception or engagement with your brand, it you'll feel it. You'll feel yeah. the impact of it. Yeah, absolutely. So and getting so getting back the to question. <laughs> yeah. The question, my long-winded answer. I really love talking about stakeholders. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it. it's an underutilized term and that's why I want I just think it's so like rough. I, well, I think also too, oh, if you're talking about brands and agencies, right? We're always so fixed on the consumer. We're yeah, always fixed on totally. the customer. So I think I think that's a that's another conversation for another time. But continue on talking, kind of getting back to the yeah. question. So I think about it's important to identify your target consumer. I always do that regardless, but oftentimes we could probably take a bit of a guess. Yeah. Um, we don't need to do any sort of like crazy consumer research and hire this big firm. Like, absolutely not. We can give them names. We can, you know, do something that's a bit more high level and understanding where are they going for influence? You yourself get super does not have to have a single follower. does not have to have a single anything to Mm -hmm. go to the people that do. And so when you establish what those different stakeholder groups are, who those individuals are, who's that one person that it needs to get in the hands of. And that's why, I mean, influencer marketing, we know did not exist 10 years ago. And so old fashioned, like, I hate to say like when I started doing PR, but like, it's true. (laughs) I like, don't think I've ever said that. I hope to never say it again, but like, like 
in, Instagram didn't exist. Yeah. And so this new wave of consumers having a voice, influencers even being a thing. Yeah. This is very, very new. And the way that brands got off the ground originally was genuine endorsements, earned media, these this credible endorsement that you're getting from a place that your consumers trust and will believe in. Um, when they say something, they're going to listen. So yeah. you don't have to have the influence. You just have to get connected with the people that do. Sure. And that's truly like, there's the very basic ways to go about that, like sampling products. And then there's the more, you know, high level strategic campaigns that you do to like break through the clutter of the 75,000 emails that the editor of women's health is getting every day and figure out how do you, how do we get on her desk and get yeah. her to talk about it, get her to try it. So it's finding those stakeholder groups first and foremost, that's like the, the primary exercise to do because it's a lot easier to get in front of them than it is to get buy-in from a hundred thousand consumers. Just that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that you're, again, I think we could talk for another like four hours, but I think you're tapping into something that not everyone thinks about in terms of starting their own business or starting their own brand. Um, and I, I, I kind of love that because if you talk about the stakeholders, you really kind of get down to the core, the core people of influence, the core people that you want to be approaching and getting your brand in front of and, or having experienced your brand. Right. So exactly. I love that. I think that's honestly another great piece of advice. Um, as we kind of wrap up the show, I did want to go through some rapid fire questions with you. I just feel like you have so much knowledge. And one of the things that I'm totally obsessed with asking my guests is what they're reading, what they're into. I want you to drop all your favorite things. So if you're cool with it, we're going to start with uh, some rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. Favorite podcast. I'll do my best. Perfect. Favorite podcast to listen to. Oh, probably like girls gotta eat. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Um, favorite business book or entrepreneurial book that you're reading or that you've read? There's so many that are on my nightstand. I can't even tell you. I know. Look at behind um, me. <laughs> well, I'm reading a book on procrastination right now. Oh, interesting. And just like productivity and overall, like, how to do it all. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, I'm going to botch the name of it, <laughs> put it in the show notes. I'm just like, so not, not the right book person, more of a podcast, this, all the self-improvement, all the authors that go on to talk about their book. That's my jam. Like, I love that. Give me the, give me the cliff notes. Okay. I love it. You got to drop one book though. <laughs> um, because I'm not marketing minded, I thought the book Cashvertising. Oh, yeah, was, I've heard of it. Yeah. So it's all about the psychology around advertising. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of what we do in PR of like storytelling is a lot around psychology. Mm -hmm. um, and so Cashvertising was like a look into the human psyche around why people click through and, and the, you know, the, hierarchy of messaging and like words that you're using. That was super interesting because I don't come from as strong of a marketing background. No, oh, I love that. I think that just sounds interesting, especially consumer behavior. I, I love consumer behavior. I think that's probably why I love marketing so much. Um, okay, cool. 
What about your like go-to wellness or self-love hack? So I recently started tapping. Yeah. Tell me about it. I, I had an experience with tapping recently too. Um, my business coach turned me on to it. And then both my parents are therapists and I was like sitting in my mom's office working and she had like six books on it. And I was like, I've heard of this. My business coach has been trying to get me to do it. And I don't give it the time, like meditation that I try and do so often. And, um, I've been, I've done it like three days in a row since I've been on this trip and it's helped so much. It's, um, called EFT tapping and you, it's kind of like affirmations, but it hits on certain parts, kind of like acupuncture Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to kind of rewire your brain, but also from like a physiological standpoint, really support anxiety and overwhelm and just kind of like gets you, um, like reframes your mindset in a way. Mm -hmm. And my, I've done it a few times with my coach and she always asks afterwards, like, okay, how do you feel? And I'm like, better. It's like, you get these like fears and everything that's like spiraling in your head. You'd like say it while you're tapping and there's all these different pressure points. And it actually like makes you feel better. Like you're able to go take on the day. It's even can be used for like working out. You can say like, I don't, I'm, even though I don't want to work out right now, I'm choosing to show up and you just tap on that. And then you like, you're like, I'm just going to go freaking work out. (laughs) it It feels like you're kind of like allowing yourself to be okay with not wanting to do something or feeling the certain way that you're feeling. And then you do it anyway. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. That's, I feel like I need to do it more often. I did, I did one with, uh, my business coach and it was like huge, huge emotional release. Um, it was super, super like empowering and awesome. And I felt amazing after, but, uh, I, I like that you're doing it like almost like on a consistent basis. I feel like I need to kind of tap into that. It's (laughs) like, I, I mean, I've been so much better about um, meditation, which I believe is like the easiest thing that you can do to just get yourself in check. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to do like 10 minutes of meditation and five minutes of tapping every morning. And then like, you know, journaling all that, my lemon sure. water, like add it to the routine, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's something that definitely has some science behind it and it's, it's cost nothing. Mm-hmm. absolutely nothing you find videos on youtube and that's i think those are the types of wellness routines that i feel like we need to talk about more you know mm-hmm. is the things that you don't need to go out and buy the latest greatest thing for that you can really just like look in, inward a bit sure. uh, use some free resources online and then go take on the day i love that do you have any do you have any good um like sources for your meditations like do you use any apps or anything I love Peloton. Mm. I just have the Peloton app. I don't even have a Peloton. I <laughs> it's like $9.99 a month. And uh-huh. you just go on and do the meditations and they have different like functional options or you can do it. I mostly do the time-based ones where you just like filter it by 10 yeah. minutes. And then I've even like, yeah, gone and done like a 20 minute one in the park or something. And I just love, they're very consistent and always really good. Sure. Absolutely. Tell us where we can find you. Where can we find out more about Maven Consulting? Where can we find you on Instagram, social, all the things? Yeah. So 
Maven Consulting is pretty much in all the the suspect places. Um, MavenConsultingCo.com and then LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Do we use Twitter? I don't think so. Um, MavenConsulting.co and Jess Ryan on Instagram. Amazing. Well, Jess, you have been an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy you came on the show. I mean, this has been something I've wanted to have you come on the show since I believe like, gosh, 2019, 2020. So thanks for being patient and uh, thanks for going under the influence with us. 